This is episode number 305 with data visualization expert Jean-Pierre Labuskochny. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. This episode is brought to you by Super Data Science, our online membership platform for learning data science at any level. We've got over two and a half thousand video tutorials, over 200 hours of content, and 30 plus courses with new courses being added on average once per month. And you can get access to all this today just by becoming a Super Data Science member. There is no strings attached. You just need to go to superdatascience.com and sign up there, cancel at any time. In addition with your membership, you get access to any new courses that we release, plus all the bonuses associated with them. And of course, there are many additional features that are in place or are being put in place as we speak such as the Slack channel for members where you can already today connect with other data scientists all over the world or in your location and discuss different topics such as artificial intelligence, machine learning, data science, visualization and more or just hang out in the pizza room and have random chats with fellow data scientists. Also another feature of the Super Data Science platform is the office hours where every week we invite valuable guests in the space of data science and interrogate them about their techniques, about their methodologies in the space of data science. And you actually get a presentation from the guest and you get an opportunity to ask Q&A at the end. And in some of our office hours, we just present some of the most valuable techniques that our hosts think are going to be valuable to you. So all of that and more you get as part of your membership at Super Data Science. So don't hold off, sign up today at www.superdatascience.com. Secure your membership and take your data science skills to the next level. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, super pumped to have you on today's episode. The guest we had today is Jean-Pierre Labuskochny. We just finished our call a few hours prior and it was quite an adventure. So you will hear the story of Jean-Pierre, who was born in South Africa, started his career there, worked at Deloitte for many years, then made the move into the industry, moved to the Netherlands, to Europe, where he's been for the past three years and where he's driving massive value with the power of analytics and visual analytics to the companies that he works for. A very interesting story indeed of uh, his career path. In this podcast, you will learn a little bit about South Africa because uh, we both have some uh, memories of the place and how we, you know, like we connected on that level. So it was really cool chatting about South Africa. I love South Africa. Then we talked a bit about uh, Jean-Pierre's professional experience and how he progressed through his career all the way from graduating from university or even before, like how he got passionate about uh, IT and uh, programming and computers and then how he graduated from university and what he went through uh, in his career 
Uh, we talked a bit about Deloitte. You, if you're interested in consulting, this would be a cool podcast for you to learn a bit about the culture at one of the big four consulting firms and uh, a bit about the types of work that uh, these companies undertake. And then we dive into data visualization. So Jean-Pierre started off as a student in our uh, visualization courses, specifically on the Tableau courses several years ago, back in 2017. And then he gradually progressed through these courses, learned, grew his career, grew his skills and knowledge. And now he's teaching these same courses. So Jean-Pierre helped us revamp the Tableau 10 into the Tableau 2018 courses. Uh, So if you've taken those courses, you will find some uh, additional sections from him at the end of the courses. He's done YouTube videos. One of his YouTube videos about Tableau has over 100,000 views. And this month, we've got a very cool announcement. In partnership with Super Data Science, Jean-Pierre is launching not one, but two courses on ClickSense. ClickSense is a tool, a competitor of Tableau. And in this podcast, somewhere past the midpoint of the podcast, past the 30 minutes of this podcast, you will learn how they compare and why you need to learn both, why it's so powerful to know both of these tools and what it's going to take in order for you to master them. And also Jean-Pierre will give some uh, insights about his course creation process and some of the challenges that await you within. So I'm very excited for you to check out this podcast and meet Jean-Pierre. So without further ado, I bring to you data visualization expert Jean-Pierre Labuskokhin. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super excited about today's episode. Today, we've got Jean-Pierre Labuskochny calling in from the Netherlands. Jean-Pierre, how are you going? Hey, Kirill. Good day. Uh, is it cool if I call you just JP? I've heard, uh, you know, Leo calling you JP. Is that fine? Yeah, that's perfect as well. I don't mind that at all. That's awesome. So, Jean-Pierre, as we were chatting before this, you are from South Africa, but you're in the Netherlands. What a crazy story. Isn't that so cool? How are you feeling there? <laughs> yeah, indeed. It's, of course, uh, quite a distance from, from where I used to live and where I grew up. Yeah. But I am enjoying my European, uh, how can I say, my European journey. Yeah. yeah. I've been living in the Netherlands now for about three years. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just loving the, the whole experience as well mm-hmm. and how different things are. And that's also partly the reason why I moved here. So pretty cool yeah it's and it's um like uh, both countries are amazing i i really like south africa like i mean you know i grew up in zimbabwe I, from from the age of five to twelve what part of africa are you from well what part of south africa yeah so i was all over the country right um, yeah. i was born in the northeastern parts close to the kruger park the, ah. the very famous kruger national park yeah a small town called nelspray uh-huh. and then i did my degree in um, at the university of pretoria so a bit more um i would say west from there uh-huh. <laughs> uh, then I, my first job I was in johannesburg and i ended up in cape town before i moved to the netherlands so it wow. was a very difficult goodbye to say to cape town for sure wow so many so all over the place um it's uh it's it, but it's interesting like it's almost as if you're going back to your roots like uh, ancient roots because as i understand um uh, south africa was originally explored and discovered uh, and popular po- populated by uh, the dutch right 
Yeah, it all happened in 1652, and I'm not going to make a history lesson out of this, but that's when, <laughs> yeah, that's when uh, Jan van Riebeek, uh, yeah, reached Cape Town with uh, with these three ships. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, that's also quite funny because uh, yeah, I was working in the Netherlands, and uh, one of my colleagues asked me, "And um, so, where does this funny surname come from?" Because uh -huh. that I do get a lot. People yeah. have no idea how to pronounce it or where it's from. And um, she actually went onto Wikipedia and she had a look at where all of this, all my family history came from. Uh -huh. Something I never actually did. And well, I probably looked at it when Wikipedia you know, started up. But as you know, it's obviously um, crowdsourced, or I can say you know, the crowd adds to it. Yeah. And um, funny story, it was actually from the Netherlands. And I know exactly the exact town which my great, 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 great grandfather came from. So what that is that is quite something cool. Yeah, that is incredible. Have you been to that town? Yes, of course. Oh, wow. <laughs> as soon as I found out, yeah, I made a little trip there. Of course, um, there's not much to to see from that day, from, from the family back those days back. But, um, yeah, still a pretty cool story. As um, my great-grandfather was actually not destined for South Africa, he uh -huh. um, got ill uh -huh. on, on one of the ships and he stopped off in South Africa. So he was actually on his way, I think, to the, to, to India or somewhere. Oh, wow. So by, by luck, we, uh, we ended up in South Africa. What a story. What a story. That's so cool. And what brings you to the Netherlands? Yeah, so it was actually for a um, for a, a job that I, that I undertook from South Africa. Uh -huh. um, the company I was working for uh, reshuffled and they, they needed some analytics assistance in the Netherlands. Uh -huh. And uh, my hand was first up, of course, uh, even before the question came, my <laughs> hand was up. So they knew beforehand. Yeah, I've always wanted to to have a bit of um, yeah, a European or at least an overseas work experience as well. Uh -huh. um, the company I worked for was a lot of the projects was based outside of the country, uh -huh. but it's a different thing to be on holiday or be for a you know a project overseas than actually living and integrating into society. Uh -huh. Yeah, and yeah. Seeing actually how things work. I totally agree. So, and so I'm like a lot of our listeners, majority I would guess have not been to South Africa and you and I have what what's uh, like let's share something like what's what's the most different thing about South Africa now that you're you've been three years in Europe what do you what would you say is like the most exciting thing for people who want to go visit Africa one day South Africa I mean well well you would know the the lion roam free on the streets right so <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's not, such a, a funny not everywhere <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Yeah, no. So that's that's a funny perception that people always have, and um, and 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 a little this topic that we had always discuss with people. But you know what? What I think is quite nice. Um, of course, it's a beautiful country. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, from from nature and so forth. But also the people, yeah. the warmth of people, and how people look after each other, and that is just something that's so cool. Even as a visitor, you know, people come back from South Africa and tell me how great that was, and that makes me super proud. You know, my my heart just starts pumping faster and bigger when I hear stuff like that. That is so cool, and. I, like we hear a lot of stories about uh, crime and like how it's dangerous. I was back in Zimbabwe last year in uh, when was it? Like October, I think September, October, and really I didn't notice any of that. Like yes, there are areas that you probably don't want to go to and that are dangerous. That is true, but in general, you, people are so lovely, so friendly. You're right. Like a, anybody, like you're walking on the street, they'll want to help you out, or you know, like if you're lost for directions, they'll always tell you where to go. So as long as you like, you don't go to the areas where you shouldn't go. It's it's a lovely, lovely, lovely place. You know what else I like? I like the sunsets. Sunsets are so massive uh -huh. in South Africa. I've never seen something like the sun so big and beautiful during a sunset. Just beautiful. Stop it! You're making you're making me homesick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Well, yeah, that's that's a bit of reminiscing for sure. I, lo I love that area. But we've got a, we've got a podcast recording. A lot to do. So. 
Um, what are we going to cover off today? We've got a lot to cover, actually. We've got um, your background, like your professional background and how your journey went through data science. I've, I've, I have some ideas already from like the little bits and pieces that I've read from your bio, and it's very exciting. And also, we've got to cover off your upcoming course launches about uh, click, uh, the click products, visualization, things like that. So very pumped. We'll probably start with your background. So our listeners and myself as well, so we get to know you a bit better. So tell, like we already know where your great, 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 great grandfather comes from. Tell us where Jean-Pierre comes from as in terms of like, what did you study? How did you get into the field of data science? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to take it back actually from school days. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so at home, we always had a computer. My brother was always into computers and programming and so forth. And that's where the lab started for me. Mm. I do recall, you know, doing at university, it was still very new, Turbo Pascal those days. I oh, yeah. You, I, I studied that as well. <laughs> that was my first programming language. Crazy, huh? Yeah, ex- exactly. And I still built, I remember for the for computer studies, um, this project was my first point of sale system. And the teacher was so proud, she actually wanted to sell it off to somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's how cool that was. Um, but yeah, so my love for computers always, and for data as well, obviously stemmed from that. Mm-hmm. I, like Elias said, st- studied at the University of Pretoria in mm-hmm. Pretoria in South Africa, doing a BCom informatics degree. Mm. And what, what made that degree so cool, of course, it's you get to have best of both worlds, right? So you, you go technical, mm. not the deepest technical, of course, in terms of programming, but also you get to learn the business side of things. So just for, for me, the, just to clarify, BCom is Bachelor of Commerce, right? Oh, yes, of course. Sorry, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So yeah. it's a good, it's a good so combination, said, right? Like you, IT and, as you said, the business side of things. Yeah, and that actually had set, up, set me up quite nicely to then, you know, start off my career because you can then actually go either into the more technical side of things, being a real hardcore programmer, or you can actually focus more on the commercial aspect of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so after I finished my degree and all of that, uh, I started off working, at, funny enough, as a software developer. Mm-hmm. That lasted, I think, eight, nine, eight or nine months in total, and I just couldn't anymore. <laughs> the Why not? Was, yeah, I was not the guy that could sit behind a computer and not interact with people. For mm-hmm. me, that was the biggest challenge. I did like the programming side of it and, you know, creating something, but I really do like interacting with people. Okay. And um, yeah, so that for me was why I then moved in and I joined one of the big consulting firms, Deloitte. I think you also worked for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Well, not in uh, Netherlands, but I heard Netherlands a very strong hub for Deloitte. Like, for instance, Nadie Bremer. Do you know Nadie Bremer? Oh, yes, yes. Well, from, not personally, but I knew about over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She worked at Deloitte Netherlands as well. She's from visualcinnamon.com. No. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, at that time, I wasn't in the Netherlands, right? So this ah, was still. Sorry, South that's African, right. South Africa. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. Is, it's little known, but the the C, the previous CEO of uh, Deloitte Australia, who I think was the CEO for like 10 years, his name is Guillaume Swigers, and he actually came from South Africa. So. It's funny, like how Deloitte, whole of Deloitte Australia, like six thousand people, they like decided to have a South African CEO, and that's that's yeah. So Deloitte South Africa is also very strong in that sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So by that time, I did actually start off in um, IT audits. So my my career path did actually take a while to get to analytics or pure analytics, mm-hmm. um, but that was pretty cool as well because um, you know I would just sit with the audit teams and the finance teams to to assess risks and um, especially in IT environments. Yep. But during that time, I was always the guy that they um, gave the data assignments to or the, you know, go, go and find um, problems with the data or go and make sure the data is correct or reconcile. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where it all actually started and in, in Deloitte for me. 
Because at that time, yeah, at that time, one of uh, the directors, uh, Craig Turnbull, is also now funny enough in in um, the UK, mm. in Deloitte. Um, they started off a division with Bioanalytics, um, which is now a massive team in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And I got involved into that, and that's just yeah, you, you know, where you go in deep, uh, or at least a deep dive. Yeah, um, you're thrown into the deep end. You have to swim as well. That a lot of that happened, <laughs> as you would know, in a consulting firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's when you learn the best, I believe, as well. Yeah. What was it? Bioanalytics. Sorry, once again. What what, what kind of analytics was oh, it? Oh no, it's a pure analytics. Oh. So, yeah, just yeah, because it was always it was more like um, controls testing or just writing little scripts and so but forth. But what does P- PO um, stand for? Yeah, pure. So the word P U R E. So I mean, um, P-U- pure, ah, pure analytics. Okay, yeah, sorry. Pure analytics. Sorry, <laughs> sorry my no, bad. It's the accent. Yeah, I, no, I'm just like accent. same, same. Like I like haven't been to South Africa in such a long time. Totally. Yeah, pure analytics. Gotcha. Okay, and then but you, so you were at uh, as a in the IT order for what three years? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I started off as a junior in three, for three, about three years. Then I worked my way up into more of a senior role into the analytics part. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. So in in Deloitte, in total, you were nine years. I see from your LinkedIn. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, that's that's, that's, right. that's quite a so, long time to be in consulting. Did you like it there? <laughs> oh, after, uh, yeah. Look, it's a love hate relationship, as I think you would know as well. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> But um, yeah, I think you learn a lot of great skills and uh, the, the pace is also slightly different because during that, well, after that time, I've also worked um, outside of consulting and then you, of course, uh, you know, find different challenges. But um, within consulting, I think, uh, especially, it depends on your personality, you know, where um, I might say, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to take on that X, Y, and Z, for instance. Yeah. But in consulting, you're sometimes pushed a bit forward to, to do more than that. So I think that's quite great, great about it. Uh huh. Yeah, for absolutely pushes you out of your comfort zone so much. Let's talk absolutely. about a, a bit about this. Like, what did you like about Deloitte? I I totally enjoyed my time there. Apart from you know, this crazy working hours, um, and like I guess comparatively low remuneration compared to like other <laughs> banking jobs and so on which are like less less work more money but apart from that like i totally love it for example i i admire deloitte's culture deloitte has a fantastic culture in there it's been voted like one of the best places to work in, a, in australia or in, in brisbane at least many times it, like it's one of the few huge companies that is voted usually like small companies get like best place to work but is one of the few huge companies that gets best place to work and like it just like their their system of values is very defined they have these seven core values you know from like integrity to like oh no integrity honesty is the same thing but like from integrity to walking in the client's shoes and so on taking care of each other and the client uh clear vision mission statements everything is just so nice in there like what what did you enjoy about the work well, absolutely. And I think, you know, I always see Deloitte as my first real job. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's often, I don't count, really count the, the um, software development days. And, you know, starting off as a new person, it's nice to have those things in place as well. Like you just said, you know, you immediately feel part of the family mm-hmm. and you feel the structure and you feel safe and you um, have the courage to take on things and actually try it out and without no, uh, or feeling that you will be um, making a big mess of it and ending up in real trouble. So they do have this culture of wanting to, to develop you as a person. Yeah. And people ask me also, so sometimes, you know, what do I miss about Deloitte specifically, not consulting necessarily? And I think it's the people. 
know, mm-hmm. the, it's just the, the, the bonds you make or the, the relationships you build up and how people look after each other and guide and coach each other without worrying about, uh, you know, anything else. That, that I found that really heartwarming. Yeah, yeah, especially like uh, since you're you're a people person, like you you said you like being around people. Like it's so cool that the people at Deloitte are there to support you and guide you. Oh, absolutely. And then you know, for, apart from the people, also is the kind of um, opportunities and projects you end up on. Yeah. It's normally there's not it's not all exciting, but there's really cool stuff to, um, in terms of projects that that come your way as well. And again, it pushes you a bit further than you would in in a, in a, a nine to five normal desk job somewhere else. I believe. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I always viewed it as a not even as a job, but as like like uh, as a, another degree yet another degree that i'm doing but in this time i'm not paying for it i'm getting paid for it you know <laughs> like it's like university <laughs> exactly. number three it was so yeah. <laughs> so cool yeah okay Sorry. all right so then after nine years what prompted you to leave deloitte why did you make that decision yeah, I think, you know, you also um, have a career path and you know at what point you want to progress to in a certain organization and what other things you, you want to learn and, um, and roles you want to take on. And for me, at that stage, um, it was actually a client of Deloitte that, uh-huh. um, you know, we, we started having discussions about yeah. um, for me to, to lead a team of analytics um, in, a, in a risk environment and audit, uh, yeah. I can say risk and audit environment. And that for me, that's it's always about, uh, you know, what, what the next step is and what, how can I develop myself further um, yeah. rather than being stagnant. And, and I believe also when you, when you start sitting still and don't develop further, that's when you're doing something wrong. Absolutely. As soon as you stop growing, you should leave. You should totally leave. Like take, take the leap, even if you don't know where you're going. Take the leap because like at the end of the day, life is about continuously growing and improving and stagnation is terrible. Absolutely. Okay, so you went, and that's a great compliment. Like, if a client decided to bring you on board, it means you were doing a fantastic job. What? Uh, so you were doing uh, IT audit for them. Is that right? Uh, well, it was uh, well analytics, but yeah. in a finance risk management and audit environment. Okay. So, so it's basically for a, an internet group at that time mm-hmm. um, that had entities all over the the world, mostly in developing markets, um, mm-hmm. which also came, of of course, with large challenges and. Again, what made that exciting is that you're working with different teams across the globe. And, and for me, that, that was quite, quite a good challenge to take on. Fantastic. And so what kind of analytics were you doing there? Like what, what, I know, what tools, what um, methodologies were you using? Yeah, so we basically were working with um, SAS and SQL mm-hmm. as tools. Mm-hmm. Um, from a visualization perspective, um, we worked, worked with Click, or ClickView at the time, mm-hmm. as well as Tableau. Mm-hmm. But in essence, the kind of work that we have done, well, it ranged all from um, also boring uh, reconciliations and normal uh, normal controls testing, but also sometimes identifying risk in processes or um, within an organization that the um, that management might not be aware of. And those are, of course, your, your more interesting mm. uh, projects. But it's always around focus, uh, always focused around um, finance and, and risk. Okay, what's what's the coolest risk that you identified that the management was like, oh wow, we didn't know that existed. That is like such a like a big revelation to us. Yeah, I've got two projects that I really, really still keep in my mind till today. Yeah, um, please. One, one is, yeah, one is focused around um, yeah, it's, it's it's a topic that a lot of people know already, but it's around revenue losses or revenue assurance, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, management might say, oh, we we have to tick the box on this and. Um, 
do we have complete revenue in our processes? Are we losing money or, you know, are we doing correct calculations in our system? Because the perception is always that things work as they should. I think you yeah. know, from a from a when you have a system when you pour billions or millions of um, yeah euros in into your system, then it does what it's supposed to be doing. Oh, so so this and is you me, already already moved from Deloitte. You moved straight like to the Netherlands, right? Um, well, from Deloitte, I first worked for the company in South Africa, uh-huh. um, and then they, and then you moved. Them, I moved. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So gotcha. it's a little bit of a spider web of yeah, yeah. how things have happened. <laughs> All right. So, sorry to interrupt. So, yeah, like, you, no problem. Millions of billions yeah, so, of euros. No, well, I say, like, you know, a lot of money spent on these systems that's supposed to correctly calculate uh, revenue or, you know, do the right things. And for us, um, we had to go in, go in and just check as a check tick box exercise whether there is actually correctly recorded and whether the um, everything is supposed to be doing as it should. Yeah. And I still remember the day we walked into the into the uh, presentation and um, you know we put it onto onto the screen what is actually going on. And the the CFO at that stage, his mouth just hung open, right? <laughs> it's like, oh yes, we, we we know that there might be some problems here and there, but we didn't know it's this big. And those are the things that you you, you get back. Um, that's actually quite nice in your um, in your career. So, how did you identify no, this, that? Like, what was it like a certain analytics approach that you used to get to that uh, discrepancy? Yeah, you see, for me, most of the time, a lot of these things are about, I don't want to say just common sense, but you obviously have some frameworks, which yeah. you either, you know, at Deloitte, you know, you've got a, a lot of them already uh, that you can start using and adapt from that. Yeah. Um, and you also have them in your own, you know, in other companies. But for me, it's also just being pragmatic and applying your, you know, bit of common sense around these things and looking a bit deeper. Uh-huh. I mean, um, if they would say, look at A and B, we would look at A and B, of course. But then as you go through this, you see something else popping out um, yeah. somewhere else. And you don't just ignore it. You actually investigate it and see whether it is something that can add value. And those are the things that I believe that, you know, throughout my career has actually had the biggest impact in any project is the things that hasn't been asked of you um, that you bring to the table. Sometimes it's nothing, of course, and it's something you don't understand. But other times it's actually there's some real value investigating a bit further. Okay. Okay. That's really cool. I like that advice. Bring, bring more to the table. What I'm getting at is, like, I'll give you an example. When I was at Deloitte, uh, the part of the team, so I was in Deloitte Forensics, but I was in the data data science division attached to Deloitte Forensics. So we did similar projects to what you're, you're uh, discussing in, or telling us about, about like the finance investigation, so on, quite a lot of them. And there was this one tool, for example, that we used, which, as you said, Deloitte has its own frameworks. Uh, it was a framework for applying Benford's law. I personally didn't use this one, but uh, Artem Vladimirov, who's been on the podcast twice and our listeners probably already know, he used this quite frequently. He was like the, the expert at Benford's Law. And so you apply Benford's Law to a um, set of financials. And what it does, it just gives you the distribution of the frequency of how frequently the first... So like the the digits from 0 to 10, so from 0 to 9, how frequently they occur as the first digit in your set of financials. And this, there's a certain distribution. It should be like 1 should appear like, I think it's like 37% of the time. The digit number 2 should appear like 26. And so like kind of drops off. It's a drop, uh, drop-off distribution. So if your financial statement follows that distribution, then it aligns and everything's good. There's, there has been no manipulation or like no errors and things like that. But if it doesn't, then there's something to look into. So it kind of like helps you spot places to look in the first place. Another approach would be to use tools that you mentioned like uh, Tableau and ClickView or ClickSense to create these dashboards of visualizations to like do some 
analytics uh, like pre-work like and visual analytics to see all right what does the data tell me where do i drill in so i'm just curious what approach did you take how did you know where to look because in a big organization there's a lot of places that you could be looking and uh, i agree with you in terms of applying common sense and like just critical judgment but did you use analytics to guide you into in terms of oh where could the problems potentially be Absolutely. Well, you know, you you take the results from certain tests and from these outputs mm. um, and the, the discussions that you have with the client or somebody that knows a bit more about the process. I think that's where a lot of the value comes from. Sure, you can, of course, apply, you know, Benford's and, and, and so forth. But what I do find you have to apply these things correctly at the same time also, you know, mm. um, it shouldn't be a, just a tick in the box exercise. But mm. um, for me, it's about yeah, unpacking it with, with the, the stakeholders and seeing what other value there is and what, you know, what the real issues might be or what the blind spots might be at the same time as well. That's a very cool, cool comment indeed, because as you mentioned before, you like being around people. And so you're leveraging in that sense, you're one of your crucial skills that you, you know how to communicate with people and getting that information from them, getting those insights, what like domain knowledge, what could be critical. I think, yeah, I never thought of it that way. That's a very, very powerful way as well to do it. Okay, cool. So that's um, that's your role, which you started in South Africa, and then you moved to the Netherlands. And uh, how's that been going? Yeah, so that was um, yeah, of course, relocating to a, to a foreign country is um, of course a, a, has got an impact on your on your life and how things work. But we settled in quite nicely, and from that, you know, you just build on where you've actually left off in South Africa. So. Um, at least it's a bit closer to travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a little bit of job. Uh, living on the tip of South Africa, on the tip of Africa, it is quite a, a commute every time to to go to projects or to to um, the entities in our organization. Mm-hmm. But um, from there, we we continued um, the how can I say the foundation that we've built. Mm-hmm. And another cool project that we actually did while I was in the Netherlands, and this was also collaborating with the um, the Lloyd Netherlands because mm-hmm. they always were in the background assisting us as well. Mm-hmm. was um there was a pretty cool one where we had to do a risk assessment and that is something which you know if if somebody comes up to you and say we have a concern because we have been uh, receiving a fine for instance <laughs> um somewhere and we we are not sure whether we are totally covered is there anything else we should be worried about mm-hmm. now that that question is as wide as anything can be but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know <laughs> and, and i think again that's where it, it goes in and you actually start drilling and seeing what could the potential problems be is it around how we take on customers? And this is an example. I'm just using random examples here, by the way. So yeah, yeah. Um, not to share any project information, but are we taking on um, risky customers or are we um, not managing them correctly when they are taken on, for instance? Mm-hmm. And those are the, the sort of things you sort of um, use to get to the real work or the real testing that you'll be doing. Because in that regard, we actually couldn't do specific um, fact-based testing, for instance, with, you know, is this a problem? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. We actually had to build a profile of a said customer, for instance, and analyze their spend or their pattern that they were um, actually uh, interacting with us, for instance, or uh, or perhaps not interacting with us as well. You know, that was also an interesting uh, topic as well. So we had the, this whole uh, range of metrics or I can say indicators where we assessed customers um, and then come up with a list like a, I can say, like a risk rated customer list of these might be potential problem customers. So again, not giving a final answer, but at least pointing it for further testing or for further um, direction. Okay. All right. So 
Uh, are you able to like share what kind of tests you use to identify that? Yeah, unfortunately not. <laughs> That's um, yeah, it's it's a it was a bit of a um, I'm gonna say a, quite a, a contentious one. So I don't want to go into too much detail there. Okay, but, no um, problem. In the end, it proved in the end it proved quite well because um, of course not everything we provided were you know red flags and fraud somewhere, for instance, but they were quite interesting insights which management had to act upon okay. um, in those cases. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Sometimes uh, it's worth uh, trying out. The other things don't work out. Okay, and. Uh, but now I hear you've got a very exciting job with a massive company that you're starting very soon. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, I've taken, I've decided to take up a role with, um, yeah, Philips, the Philips Comfort organization, and I'll be working with them in their business intelligence and insights division. And for that, I have to move to the birthplace of Philips as well. So shortly I'll be moving also to Eindhoven in the Netherlands. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I was pretty exciting about that role as far as, you know, it's the team has been doing quite great and they've been building an, an, a really excellent team. And for me to be able to bring my uh, my career, my, how can I say, all of my um, strengths that I've built up in consulting and applied within the organization is going to be pretty exciting. Very cool. Congratulations on that. It sounds like a Thank very so fun role coming up for you. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's a great rundown of... Um, your background we got to know a bit more about jp so let's talk a bit about now your online education and that or and like involvement in the whole space of online education i was very excited to read in your bio for this podcast that on you're you're creating these courses about uh, you know you've already helped us revamp the tableau courses like tableau uh, 2018 and uh, the tablet 2018 advanced which was very cool and now you're creating courses or you like the course are going to be released this month in october uh, about click sense as far as i understand but we'll talk about that in a second but what i was really excited about is that you actually started out as a student yourself of of uh online courses and like learning this stuff um online yourself now you're teaching and that's only been like two years, so that's a very exciting journey. Tell us, like, how did how did that how did that occur? Like, why did you go from learning online to trying yourself out at teaching online and and being very good at it? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny. So I, I was, of course, a student of yours. So funny enough, so <laughs> on cool. the good old Tableau Tableau version ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So look, um, at Deloitte, also you'll know you do get a lot of um, uh, on the job training. I think uh, the majority of that is you also have these online courses at Deloitte and so forth, or any other organization. Yep. But um, uh, when what I realized is uh, to also master a tool a bit better and do do drill in a bit deeper into the detail. Sometimes you do need to spend the time and do an online training. And I really loved the way, um, uh, not to just go about complimenting you, but the way that you and other instructors present courses in a very easy understanding way um, and fully engaging as well, where you can walk away from a course and feel empowered mm-hmm. as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. Do you know your way around certain something and feel empowered. And I've always been, like you mentioned earlier, you know, being a people's person, I've always liked to contribute to somebody's career or to somebody's um, skill set, for instance, even it started off in university when I was a, um, well, a assistant lecturer as well on some of the courses I was taking to help other students along with stuff they're struggling with. Because I do believe that's, you know, it's a way you can make a difference. And after I've done some of the courses, of course, uh, some time went, went by and then 
um, I decided, well, let me give this a try as well. I also have quite a lot of knowledge that I can share. And that's when I first started off with some of the tutorials on YouTube. Um, I think that's an easy way to start off in, in teaching. Because um, there you can, of course, uh, have bite-sized chunks of information and things to learn for students. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, yeah, ended up with um, this latest two courses we, we're launching this month. Mm-hmm. Okay, very, very cool. And how, do, how does that make you feel that you're actually helping out people? Yeah, I mean, that makes one feel really great. And also um, what I've seen from some of the other courses that I've been you know, um, co-presenting as well is the comments that come back, our students uh, do actually share with us their success stories, you know, mm-hmm. how they aced an interview or how they were actually um, able to impress their, their manager or whatever the case is. I think that is really valuable for me and, and really makes me feel good also <laughs> about mm-hmm. doing this. Okay, very cool. So let's talk on that note. Let's uh, shift gears a bit and let's talk about Click, right? So a lot of people listening to this know about Tableau because in part they maybe found out about this podcast through the Tableau courses. We don't have a course on Click yet and thank you. Uh, Thanks to you, now we will in the Super Data Science family. Um, tell us about Click. First of all, I keep confusing Click Sense and Click View. I've I've only played around with the tools, both of them, long time ago. So I don't really remember, and I don't know what how they've changed over time. So get us a bit up to speed. What is this whole Click family of products? Sure, no problem. Yeah, it is confusing a bit if you if you don't know the way around. But um, Click View is the well the, one of the first products, and I don't know the whole company, well, the whole country company history. But um, Click View is the product that I also worked with at Deloitte for, as my first visualization product. Mm-hmm. And um, at that stage, it I wouldn't say what was basic, but it's um, you know the look and feel of it is not as sexy as the new tools that we have these days. But it still works super well. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a pretty cool built-in um, associative engine mm-hmm. where it automatically relates files to each other, mm-hmm. uh, which is sometimes not a good thing as well. Because if you don't know your data well and you start importing data with same data with the same fields, for instance, and it automatically relates it, you might have problems as well. Mm-hmm. But it's super easy to um, for somebody that isn't that technically uh, inclined to use Click View or now Click Sense. Um, to be able to import data and actually create awesome visualizations or at least derive insights super quick. So I think what Click has realized is um, Click View being such a powerful tool and still being used everywhere today, they've also decided to launch an, an easier to use tool, which is ClickSense. Well, in my opinion, an easier to use tool uh, where the interface is completely different. Um, it's much more of an intuitive interface, um, if you ask me. Um, but it does have also the power of ClickView behind it. Mm-hmm. The way they've designed it also is to have more of a web interface view. So whether you're using it on your desktop as an installed app, or whether you're using Click Cloud, for instance, um, or even Click Server, the, the user interface is very similar, and uh, you know you can actually just jump from the one to the next uh, to be able to you know, work on your uh, continue your work. So for me, ClickSense, um, like I said, that's the latest offering from from Click. Mm-hmm. Um, very easy to use tool, uh, but still, if you do know ClickView, um, the transition to ClickSense is super easy as well. Okay, so Click ClickView is is it the one where you need to like do coding to get a visualization, and ClickSense is the drag and drop one? Is is that a fair comparison? 
Uh, well, yes and no. I think with click view, the um, yeah, that was the, the the perception at least. You could also drag and drop data in there, but as soon as you wanted to do more, um, I can say more complex uh, expressions mm -hmm. or want to really create something decent, you went the coding route, the scripting route at least. Mm -hmm. So now that is also available. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Now that is also available in in click sense. But it's super easy to work without that in in uh, ClickView. Sorry, in ClickSense. Okay, gotcha. And so, which one would you say Tableau compares closest to? Uh, well, I would say a combination of the two, actually. Yeah. Because um, what I've, but yeah, but I do find with um, especially with colleagues and so forth that I introduced Tableau to is that they are not sure where to go. You have to show, point them around where to where to click, and you know it is still very easy to use, of course. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not as as user friendly, I think, as as ClickSense, or at least the first few steps of after analyzing. Oh, okay. A, so Tableau, file, for instance. Tableau would be like in between. It would be. Uh, so ClickSense would be a bit more user friendly than Tableau, but at the same time, Tableau has a bit more functionality uh, than ClickSense. On the other hand, Tableau is user more user friendly than ClickView, and ClickView has a bit more that you can do under the hood than in Tableau. Would that be fair? Sure, and I, and I can hear people shouting and saying, "No, JP, no!" But <laughs> that, that's exactly how, <laughs> that's how I feel about the, the products for sure. Okay. All right. Very interesting. Okay. So what do you prefer? Tableau or ClickSense or ClickView? That question you're not allowed to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, look, uh, I've been on, on the on different sides of the fence many times, right? So when I was asked or when I was sort of um, in, the, in the position of changing between ClickView and, Cli and um, Tableau, I was very hesitant and I, I didn't like Tableau at all. Mm -hmm. But when I changed again from Tableau to ClickSense, the same happened again. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of both. ClickSense okay. as well as click uh, as well as Tableau. For and, sure. that, and I think that's the best way to go about it. Whenever people ask questions like that, you know, R or Python, click click view or Tableau or ClickSense or Tableau. Um, I don't know, TensorFlow or PyTorch. Things like that. Like just the answer is both. <laughs> like learn <laughs> learn both. Sit yourself down and learn both. You know, like what what's it gonna cost you? Like you already know the principles. You already know the principles of coding or deep neural networks or in this case visualization like you know how to put a picture together you know how to put instance together you already know like the core 30 or 40 percent of what you need to know maybe even 60 percent of what you need to know all you need to do is add that extra 40 percent which is the framework which you do it in or the tool that you do it in just sit yourself down and learn both like how hard is it right no then, absolutely and then you're like, you, everybody wants to hire you because you are the expert in two things. And plus, there's so many things you learn from one that you're like, oh, that, that's so cool. I didn't learn that from the other one. But that's what I was going to say now as well. Is I think when you do this and when you do spend the time to learn both or even more tools or outside of this, is that you get to see which workspace, what tool works based in what instance. And um, that's also when the blinkers fall off a little bit that you know what you can actually achieve is much bigger than you think as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like it's like getting into a, into a car that you used to driving manual, and now you have to learn how to drive. Oh, sorry, an automatic car, and you have to get into a manual car. It's just things they do feel a bit different at the start, but um, at the end, you you when you overcome it, then you know exactly you know why this is so cool. Absolutely, absolutely agree with you. Okay, so and uh, tell us about your course. So what does it take to create an online course? You know, like you've you've taken 
the courses that we have at Superior Science. And thank you for your kind comments. I, I really enjoy creating the courses myself. So I'm glad, always glad to hear that someone in, enjoys taking them. So what is it for you to put a course together? And, and what do these courses that are coming out uh, this month, uh, two of them, so you have the Click Sense and Click Sense Advanced, if I'm not mistaken. Like what, what should our listeners expect to find in those courses? Yeah, so, um, you know, f the thing is for, um, I'll, be, I'll be put the course together and how, maybe let's start off with the first question. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. there were two questions in there, that's what I was thinking about. Now. So the first question, what, you know, what does it take to put it together? I think um, what, when you set out to create the course, you you know the tool, of course, you, you're very comfortable with the tool and you know it inside out from working with it and learning about it. But as soon as you start putting it together and, and start to put a curriculum together, want to um, communicate it to students and so forth, that's when you also realize what you do know very well and what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So even as an instructor, I don't know if you found that, is that, that through, through the, putting the course together, you do realize that I, I don't know this topic that well, so let me, let me understand it a bit, a bit better. Or, you know, um, this is, when you get to a specific topic as well, you do realize um, maybe it's not as valuable to the student as you thought it would be. Yeah, so yeah. your whole perception of, of how you put a course together changes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That part that you mentioned yeah, where so, you, you find something you don't know, that's my favorite part. I'm like, wow, I'm learning while I'm creating a course. How cool is that? Exactly. Oh, that's pretty neat, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the two courses, uh, it's quite a lot of things that I wanted to share with the students. So we decided to split it into two. Uh -huh. And that's why it's called ClickSense um, and then the Advanced ClickSense course. Where from the the first ClickSense course, which is will be launched first as well, is we take the student on a journey where um, they start off from a zero base. So we start off by looking at what is the ClickSense product. So similar to like mm -hmm. we had a discussion now is we really look at the different products how ClickSense came about. Of course, we don't talk necessarily about Tableau, but we take a look at the, the ClickSense journey and how we um, got to using ClickSense. Mm -hmm. We, of course, take the student through the installation part of it and um, even as much as looking at the user interface, even though it's easy, but we step-by-step -step look at how the student can orientate themselves before they set out and actually start creating their first chart. Mm -hmm. So from that, we also go, students start building their own dashboards, go into a bit more more detail around um, different chart types as well as different expressions and and so forth but more of the different options within the tool um, and that all we do as normal with with the um, courses from super data science we do that on a real world data and real world exercises yeah. and i think students really enjoyed that i certainly did as a student where you actually work with data from from the real world and you solve a challenge that um, you do come across in your in your day-to-day -day work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, from the that's the the basic course, and in the advanced course, we we kick it into different gear. Um, it's an advanced course, but people shouldn't be, you know, uh, worried about it that they won't be able to get through that. But um, it does look at a bit more of the advanced topics, such as scripting. Mm -hmm. So we we touch on that on, on in two sections of the course, but we also again work with pretty cool uh, geo analysis where we solve a business case using maps. Um, and I really like that specific uh, um, that specific challenge. It's also one I sat hours putting together, <laughs> um, but I do know the students are going to love it, so I'm looking forward to, to it being launched. Um, and yeah, so we do look at a bit of scripting and some further chart types and how one can extend uh, ClickSense with chart types that aren't available within ClickSense. Uh -huh. Okay, and how, so, how, how do you do that? 
Yeah, so it's no, the students have to buy the course. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come on, give us no, something. It's, it's, no, yeah, no, look, it's 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 super easy. Um, when students look at this, and I think we also have will have um, a YouTube tutorial on that soon as well, uh -huh. uh, to see how um, you can simply from the net download some content and slap it into to ClickSense and start working with it. So it's it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, very very interesting, and um, yeah, so. I'm looking at the maps right now for, I went on Google Trends, and of course Tableau has the, um, the lion's share of uh, the market in terms of visualization. But there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. So I, a few, well, this was like four or five years ago, I was at a conference where uh, Click was present, and they were like one of, one of the sponsors, Tableau wasn't, and they were really promoting the product to executives and getting an executive buy-in. So even though like Tableau probably has like a bigger community of people doing visualization, there are still companies that just choose to work with ClickSense and you know through the partnership relationships and whatever else, the deals that they struck, and there's nothing you can do about them. So uh, as, as a data scientist, maybe looking for a job or wanting to position yourself out there so that headhunters and recruiters can find you, it's really cool to have not just Tableau or other visualization tools like Power BI on your resume, but also have as many as you can, including ClickSense. And that way, certain uh, certain companies will be more, uh, like you'll, you'll open more doors. For instance, if I, I'm looking at these Google Trend Maps and what I see is that ClickSense and uh, predominantly ClickSense is mostly the interest comes from the East Coast. You know, like Tableau is... Uh, well, Tableau Bay is based in, uh, what's it called, just in Seattle, I think, up, up north, northwest. Uh, so Tableau is kind of spread evenly across the U.S., but in terms of ClickSense, a lot of people from the East Coast are interested. So that's one thing to consider. Uh, ClickView is a bit more evenly spread. That's also pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so I guess that's that, that was my point, that uh, learning not only will in, enhance the different things that you know about visualization, but also are there, are there exercises that you're using in, in the Click course, are they different to the uh, challenges in the Tableau courses? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so we've designed fresh new challenges. Um, some, some of the data might look similar, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, absolutely, especially on the advanced course, we've got brand new challenges set out. And um, yeah, th th these do keep the students engaged as well. Um, of course, what you can do in Tableau, you can, of course, uh, replicate in ClickSense, oh. but not 100%, as you would know as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so each, each, um, each, each software is a little bit different. Um, you do really take um, a, a bit deeper look into actually what makes the ClickSense um, easier to use or a bit better in, in its cap capability. Of course, we don't compare it to Tableau or others, but we do um, dive deep into what makes it good. Okay. All right. I... I think you just you just gave me a great idea, JP. You said you don't compare it. How about we, we do a bit of comparison now? You know, like um, what what would you say is better in Click that is you don't have in Tableau and the other way around? That's I think the cool well, thing to share. Yeah, one thing that that, that jumps to mind immediately, and um, I've been working also with the custom charge series on Tableau on the YouTube channel for on um, Superdata Science. Oh yeah, by the um, way, I which, just sorry to interrupt, but I know one of your videos has over a hundred thousand views on uh, YouTube that you create for Tableau. Congrats on that! That's huge. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, I was super stoked about that one. Um, actually, I see the latest one is over just 110k. So it's really climbing Amazing. quite fast, which is pretty neat. What was and that video enough, on? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Now, funny enough, you know, as I was saying, I do a lot of, um, well, I used to do a lot of the uh, custom chart series. Yeah. And a lot of time goes into that, into, I mean, you know, your Sankey charts and your, uh, yeah, I mean, any funny chart that is not available within um, Tableau as a standard we found ways of doing it. But this one actually was the opposite. The The, the topic was simply, how do you build a Tableau dashboard? Mm. It was, it's, it's less than, it's under 20 minutes, so it's an easy watch as well. Mm -hmm. But we start off with blank data and we build a simple dashboard that's interactive and ready to use. So, and that's, you know, people love that. Students love that. So sometimes it's it's also the simple things that, that actually um, sparks people to to go a bit further. And that's what I liked about it as well. Very cool, very cool. All right, let's, let's get back to the comparison. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so the custom charts, for instance, um, and that's one thing that I, that I spoke also. Custom maps, you mean? Is, um, well, custom charts. So, oh, charts. For instance, okay. like, yeah, yeah. So like I said, like the Sankey, for instance, that's uh -huh. not um, natively available within Tableau, uh -huh. or a Venn, Venn diagram is another one that, I don't know why that jumped into, into my mind, but the Venn diagram, for instance. Uh -huh. um, things that are not natively available. And, and that's for me what we're, what where ClickSense also has a lot of, and I know other tools also, but ClickSense has a lot of um, uh, made it easier for users um, to extend the capability by downloading uh, existing extensions they called, where you can mm -hmm. extend um, the the chart the, the mapping sorry the chart capability, but also the functionality where you are able to um, change a dark mode for instance within within ClickSense. Uh, Click mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So I do find that quite neat that the community can contribute software and open uh, open source if I can say open source software mm -hmm. um, of these chart types which you can easily integrate into ClickSense if there is something specific oh. like a sunburst chart that you uh -huh. can incorporate. So it's like it's like uh you it's like importing a library in Python or R. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so, so somebody so custom makes... built it. It's not developed by ClickSense by the Click company and you just go onto this library like find what you like and you download it. You don't have to create that from scratch. Precisely. Yeah, exactly. I think Where in Power, it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Power BI has the same thing I think. They have like a user powered thing. I'm surprised exactly. that Tableau doesn't have it, you know? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, what I also saw with ClickSense, by the way, is um, in, the, in the earlier releases, they didn't have all of the chart types, like Asanke, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, and now they have them, but as a as a separate um, group of, of, uh, of chart types, which seems that they are also acquiring these um, software packages that people build ah. and build them into their native chart types. So that's also pretty neat. Okay, that's very cool. And how how would you say the community is in ClickSense? Are people helping each other out? Like, if you have a question, you go online. Can you ask it? Oh, absolutely. They've got a great community of, of people contributing and assisting each other, and it's 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 really cool to see as well. Okay, okay, very cool. Um, all right. So that's an advantage of ClickSense uh, over Tableau. What's an advantage of Tableau over ClickSense? All right. Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> no, so I look. I love Tableau, of course, mm -hmm. as well. I think. Um, the way you are also able to tweak, click, oh, sorry, to click, uh, the way you are also able to tweak Tableau is pretty mm -hmm. neat. Um, mm -hmm. Where your data is auto automatically um, associated in ClickSense, mm -hmm. Tableau, you can actually just decide how it needs to be associated or joined. And I think the term, of course, is in, in Tableau, not associated like in ClickSense, yeah. but how our, our data is joined and also how we can blend data. I know that's also something that um, it, Tableau can do over and above what uh, ClickSense can do. So you have a bit more power around that part. Mm -hmm. 
And I do know also that uh, Tableau has also launched a whole data preparation. I think it's Tableau uh, Prep that is an add-on onto Tableau as well. We um, users can clean their data and prepare it for use in in um, Tableau as well. So that for me is pretty cool. Okay, cool. Any any other ma major differences between the two tools that pop to mind? Doesn't matter in which sense, which advantage, but yeah. something that you can mention. Yeah, well, I think also how you actually work with individual sheets within mm -hmm. uh, Tableau rather than a dashboard because ClickSense is more focused on how you create a dashboard for your user where in uh, Tableau you can actually create a sheet, a specific powerful sheet um, around giving information without necessarily joining it to a a, a dashboard, but which you can then build into stories, which is oh. also pretty neat, right? Where you oh. can actually take your user through the, through the journey of the story. So yeah, that for me is pretty nice about Tableau as well. Okay. And um, ClickSense, does it have a like a platform, on, like a, what's it called, uh, uh, where you roll these thing, these dashboards out to the company, as in like a, com a ClickSense enterprise or something like that, where a company installs ClickSense on its servers and you create the dashboard, then you roll it out and the executives can see it on their own computers if they log into the portal. Absolutely, yeah. So that's also one of the strengths. Um, I think I might have mentioned earlier is that Tableau, sorry, ClickSense has got the um, the user interface of the ClickSense desktop product looks exactly well, exactly looks ninety nine percent the same as their cloud offering, which oh. is um, more of a like a public uh, offering where you can. Um, uh, you know, show your work similar like you have got to blow public, yeah. but also in the inter they've got an enterprise version um, that again looks very similar and that you can actually roll out to the whole organization and um, have it available for your users. Uh huh. Okay. That's yeah. That's that's very powerful because at the end of the day, you want the end users to be uh, empowered with like some self-serve analytics so they can go through these things on their own. Absolutely. And the way they've also designed it is to, to have some collaboration on it. So users can, um, if you do enable it on the specific dashboard, is create other um, views of the data as well and reshare it back to the internal community. Um, obviously, people can comment on it and you can really collaborate pretty nice in an um, enterprise environment. Okay, fantastic. And so let's, uh, let's convince somebody who's listening to this and who's like, oh, this is really cool, great to hear this podcast, but you know, I'm more into machine learning, I'm more into the coding stuff, I don't need this visualization. It's not, it's not part of how I want to structure my career. What would you say to convince someone who has that frame of mind right now uh, to explore visualization for the, to add it into their career? Yeah, I do understand that part as well, but I do think it's one of two things, right? So firstly, using a tool, a visualization tool like ClickSense um, to understand the data. I think we, we spoke about this earlier as mm -hmm. well, to actually just see what kind of initial trends pops out before you have to do any coding or have to import any libraries or anything else. It's really a drag and drop um, kind of approach to actually get to initial insights or how you actually direct your, your work, upcoming work as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's one part of it that's that's super powerful and that would add to any data scientist's career. Um, but also the other thing is the storytelling part. And I do know you've got you know awesome libraries in Python and R to to create really look good looking charts and so forth. But the ease of use in doing that in a tool like ClickSense is really amazing. Again, it's it's drag and drop. It's um, simply by clicking and even. Like I said, also you can share it in stories to users and users respond to that perhaps a bit easier um, if you package it nicely and take them on a journey 
not only showing them one or two charts with um, uh, you know a bit of information around it, but actually building a whole narrative around it and taking them on the journey to bring them to the specific conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's absolutely. You summed it up really well. I was uh, I was doing some research into our past podcast yesterday because I'm uh, writing the like I'm preparing the second edition of uh, the Confident Data Skills book, and I was looking at oh, so why is visualization important? And uh, we had one guest, particular Alberto Cairo, who's the night chair of University of Miami, I think, in terms of journalism. And he's a journalist who does a lot of visualizations to convey insights to people worldwide. And he mentioned this concept of graphicacy, of being graphically literate and being able to read charts, but on our side, being able to create visualizations in a way that people can understand them and understand the insights. And that this this day and age, it's not a, it's not enough to be literate, like being able to read and write, but you also have to be like there's things like numeracy, um, then there was the ability to communicate, and also this graphicacy. And so I think to to your point that even if you can get the insights through whatever kind of machine learning or other analysis, you still have the challenge of communicating them. And, and if you limit yourself to or I'm just going to get the insights and that's it. Somebody else will communicate, like my manager. Then you're kind of limiting your growth, your potential to become like open doors and be more influential in the space or be more impactful. Uh, you're always going to need somebody to help you communicate your insights. And I think data scientists should be diverse in the sense how they not only get the insights and clean the data and do all that part, but also deliver the final results and insights and products to the end users. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's a super valuable skill to have because people do then sit up and notice you for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, JP, this slowly brings us to the end of the podcast. It's, uh, you know, I'm very excited for your courses. Congratulations on, you know, breaking the barrier. I hope the launches go well and I hope a lot of people get impact and, I'm sure you get a lot of questions, so be prepared to answer all the questions and help people out. Absolutely, standing ready for those and really looking forward. That's cool, that's cool. So to finish off, uh, where can our listeners find you, connect with you, contact you, uh, follow your career so they you know, just stay up to date what's going on in your life? Yeah, I think the easiest would be to um, connect with me via LinkedIn. Um, I'm sure we'll share, share my LinkedIn profile yep. um, to the to the listeners. Um, yeah, the guys are, are able to reach out to me there and um, engage a little bit. And also you know, keep looking at uh, the YouTube channel, the Super Data Science YouTube channel as well, because we will be bringing some interesting content as well. Fantastic. Well, my friend, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Uh, best of luck with the courses and... I'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Karyon. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for being part of today's episode and our conversation with Jean-Pierre. I hope you got some useful insights and takeaways from today's conversation and uh, got inspired by Jean-Pierre's story, how he moved around in his career, what choices he made and how he moved across the globe from all the way in South Africa, up all the way to Europe and how he's 
smashing it through his career, how he's grown from being a student, an online, a student of online education to being an educator, being a teacher in online education. I highly encourage you to check out the courses by Jean-Pierre. Uh, they will be available on the Super Data Science membership. If you are a Super Data Science member, they'll be part of your membership. You don't have to do anything. They'll just appear uh, within the next couple of weeks and then make sure to check them out there and learn ClickSense because even if you're in Tableau, Power BI, this is an additional tool you can add to your toolbox. And not only will you be able to put in your resume, but you'll be able to also include you know, like learning new things that are not easily done in Tableau, you'll see how it's done ClickSense and that will increase your um, scope of things that you can do. And then the other thing is, of course, if you're not a member in the Super Data Science membership, you can also get this course on its own on Udemy. It'll be launched. Well, it's being launched this month. So you'll see some emails going out around that. Also, we will include um, a special coupon in the podcast show notes, which you can find at superdatascience.com slash 305. That's superdatascience.com slash 305. There you'll find that special coupon, which will, uh, which you can also use to enroll in the course on Udemy if you choose to do that. So make sure to check out the course, whether you do it on Super Data Science or on Udemy, get the intense value. And of course, uh, the exercises that Jean-Pierre has prepared, I'm sure they're going to be epic. And what I would do actually, what I would do if I was uh, looking to enhance my visualization skill, I would go in to that course, do those exercises in ClickSense, and then I would take Tableau and do those same exercises from the ClickSense course with Tableau and see how it's different and see how I can, you know, how good am I at Tableau that I can do those uh, exercises, those challenges, those and analyze those data sets with Tableau. And then I would go back to the Tableau courses, the Tableau 10 or the Tableau 2018 course, whichever you took, and I would see if I can do those exercises with ClickSense. That way you're getting, instead of just doing one tool, one set, one set of data sets, now you're gonna have two tools and you're gonna have four opportunities, four times you're gonna practice with different data sets. So I hope that helps you see the power of learning both of these tools that you can actually quadruple your skills that way. So there we go, you know now where to find those courses. And as usual, uh, if you'd like to connect with Jean-Pierre, which I also highly recommend, and find any materials that we mentioned on this podcast, including uh, the transcript for this episode, head on over to the show notes, which are at superdatascience.com slash 305, and you'll find everything there. On that note, thank you so much for being here today. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Jean-Pierre looks forward to seeing you inside the ClickSense courses. And until next time, happy analyzing. <laughs>